You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. There might be some yelling on the bus. It's The Drive, early edition of The Drive on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Also, hit me up on X, formerly Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPNNY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Julian and Chantel along for the ride until 5.30. That's when we kick off our Knicks Suns coverage from the Garden here on 98.7 ESPN. Look. I'm thinking in doing the drive today, and normally we wrap things up and we give you a full scoreboard, but because we're on earlier in the middle of the one o'clock games, I'll be throwing scores out at you from time to time as we get them here on the drive. But we're talking about both the Jets and Giants. And I'm waking up this morning and I'm looking at an unbelievable, not unbelievable, but this is what happens. It's symptomatic when you've got a losing team, and things aren't going the way you expected them to go, okay? There's no way the Giants would have suspected that they would be in the position they are in now at 3-8 and eight, based on what happened to them last season. I mean, let's reevaluate it. They go out, they get some weapons. Now, were they Tyreek Hill weapons? No, but... Darren Waller, world-class tight end. And what did we say? If he can stay healthy, he's going to help him. And unfortunately, true to form, he's out. But once again, start of the season, this is what you're thinking. Okay, they go out, they get some, they get a couple of receivers, which was a problem last year. They find a way to work things out with Saquon Barkley. You've got Daniel Jones, and you're ready to roll. And you're thinking, based on what happened last season, where you, because of the the aggressiveness of your head coach, Brian Dable, who's coach of the year, and rightfully so, you were able to get some wins. Your defense played well. It kept you in games. It kept you close. You found ways to win late. You not only have a winning record over 500, but you get to the postseason. And you win a postseason game. Against the Minnesota Vikings. And I get it. Oh, it's the Vikings. They're flawed. They're not a real playoff team. I understand that. Doesn't matter. You beat them. Okay? You beat them. Now, this year, you're coming back. You're thinking, we're going to build on this. Okay, we're going to be better. We're we're, going to be, yeah, we got a tough schedule. No question about it. It's going to be tough to get us started. But we'll be okay. We'll find a way to weather the storm. We'll be in this. And injuries and bad play and everything has just gone haywire for this Giants team. And now we find out through published and broadcast reports, Jay Glazer on Fox, a couple of published reports, Post had it, Athletic had it, of the situation going on, the little struggle between Brian Dable and Wake Martindale, head coach, defensive coordinator. And according to Glazer, folks in the giant building are noticing that it's, it's, it's a struggle and it's not getting better. And Brian Dable kind of, <laughs> maybe it was coincidence, but I'm sure Wink Martindale didn't think it was coincidence that after the comments McKinney made about Martindale, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago about not talking to the players and not understanding and 
not putting them in the best position defensively to do what they need to do, that Brian Dable the following week had McKinney break down the team. Can you imagine Martindale's thought process? He's watching McKinney. All right. <clears throat> All right. Let's go Giants on three. One, two, three. Let's go Giants. No support, huh? So now there's bickering there. And listen, let's not pretend that there's never any bickering at any point in time between head coach and coordinator, between players, between players and position coaches. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. So that's not what's new here. But what's interesting is because of the struggles of the team, these things happen. And it's unusual that it's coaches against each other. Unusual. Not unlikely, unusual. So that's what losing does. And fans, you know, fans will tell you, well, the players don't care. They're not as invested as we are. We we live and die with this team. We we uh, the these guys don't want, they don't play to lose. As Mac Jones throws uh, another pick. These guys don't play to lose. Okay, they play because they want to win. As I hear Herm Edwards in my head. So yeah, they play to win the game. And so there is obviously a frustration when things are not going right. And there is a frustration from a coaching standpoint because Dable's thinking that the defense is not doing what they can and Wink Martindale in his mind is like, listen, I'm doing, my defense is doing what, what it can can you put some points on the board for us? And oh, doesn't that sound like what's going on with their roommates at MetLife Stadium with the New York Jets? Doesn't that sound like the same thing? Defense is holding their own and the offense just can't get it squared away for them? And so we look at ourselves. Another Thanksgiving month. Another situation where we're looking at the Jets and Giants for the most part over the past decade. Now we are starting to look at, well, what's the top, what players are going to be available? I mean, I saw a couple of articles today. Um, Bo Nix could be the next giant quarterback. He'll be available when they draft, depending on what their situation is and, if, if things continue the way they go. What old lineman is going to be available for the Jets, depending on where they draft? Will they will they think about taking a quarterback now also? Because you're looking at their schedule, you're looking at their lack of production offensively, and as you go down that Jet list, is there a win that you say, well, I definitely know we can beat this team? Because you don't score. So there's no situation where you look and you say, well, there's a win. There's a win here. Uh, Well, we got New England at the end. Well, (laughs) you can't win if you don't score. I don't care how good the defense is. So both teams are in a spot right now, again, where changes have to be made. The Jets are in a worse spot than the Giants. Why? Well, because the Giants, 
They understand this is a rebuild. They just brought in a new group of folks. They just brought in the head coach. They brought in the general manager. So they understand what's happening at this point. They get it. They know it's a rebuild. We got to rebuild. We have to get, we have to turn it around. This is not what's, this is not the way it should be. They get it. The Jets are, quote, win now, quote, situation. That's where they are. They've got a veteran 40-year-old quarterback, two-time MVP, ready to lead them next season because he shouldn't come back this season, but ready to lead them next season. They need a lot of help. They need a lot. They need a lot. We know they need offensive line help. We know they need receiver help. And they need quarterback help because in their situation, and kind of the Giants too, you're looking ahead to see what's what's after for the Jets, what's after Aaron Rodgers. We know it's not Zach Wilson. We don't think it's Tim Boyle. And whomever is the quarterback for them next year after behind Aaron Rodgers, it better be a veteran after learning what you learned this year. Has to be. Has to be. And for the Giants, the question is, well, we've got Daniel Jones. Are we sold? Do we really believe he's definitely the guy? And once again, it's it's unfortunate, but because of lack of availability and some production when he was available, the question still remains, is Daniel Jones the guy? Now, he's obviously under guaranteed money next season, but after that, they could, that millions, the, the contract, it's the NFL. It could disappear right before your very eyes. So that's the concern you have about if you're both local football teams. If you're a fan right now, you're, 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 you're pulling your hair out. It's like, here we go again for both. And, and for the Jet fan, it ended really before it started. All the hype off season. Is he coming? He's here. Uh, we talk so much about Aaron Rodgers on the station day in and day out and every other day and every other minute. Every, it's just like, it's like Aaron Rodgers or us. And then he goes out first, first four snaps done. And they never recovered. And we could have the discussion that we've had about what they could have done on the way and how you go after you don't have plan A, you go after plan B, what do you have to do, and all these different things that they did not do. And you hope that they learn from their mistake. And it will not happen again next season. But for the players and the coaches whose livelihood depends on production and successful production. (laughs) This is killing them. This is wearing them out. Because now we're having these discussions, okay, about, you know, Robert Sala coming back? GM coming back? What changes are going to be made coaching-wise with the Jets? Now you hear this bickering about the Giants situation. I mean, Glazier, he's he's saying that Martindale may not last the season. 
clearly won't be, he doesn't think he'll be back. And he, you remember Martindale, you know, interviewed for a head coaching job during this offseason. And he will be, you know, available and being able to, and he will go on interviews again this offseason and would have whether they were bickering or not. It's the state of New York football right now. Okay? Those are the problems. How do we change them? How do we turn these franchises around? What needs to happen that we get this turned into a more productive way? The Giants kind of did it last season. The Jets thought they did it last season on one side of the ball, but not on the other side of the ball. So what has to change for these teams so that Thanksgiving is not, well, let's look and see what's going on with the draft consistently. I don't mean just for one year. I mean, where consistently we understand that there's winning football in this, in this town. What, what's got to change? Let's hear from you. 1-800-919-3776. Also via X, formerly Twitter, at hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM. Hey, Giants got a touchdown thanks to Mac Jones. They're up 7 nothing as they approach halftime on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Give you some scores as we approach halftime at the two-minute warning. Falcons leading the Saints 14-9. We've got the Bengals with a 7-3 lead over the Steelers. Uh, little, oh, about 30 seconds left before halftime, and Jacksonville's got a 13-7 lead uh, in their game. Also, we've got a 14-3 Titans over the Panthers. And a couple of other scores that we got. Uh, coming in, uh, I'll give you Bengals Steelers. I'll give you Falcons Saints. Uh, okay, that's the one. That, and uh, Colts over the Buccaneers, 17-10. Uh, that's another 1 o'clock game. Your 4 o'clock games, Browns and Broncos. That's going to be interesting uh, because the Broncos are hot all of a sudden. Russell Wilson has played very well of late. So he looks like a, a different it, – it's funny, right, because the – Sean Payton has taken a while for that offense to go. I mean, this was a team, remember, that Miami hung a 70 on. 70. And they've won now three, four in a row, so they're playing very well. Rams and Cardinals, also Kansas City and uh, Las Vegas. Now, you talk about an AFC, old AFL battle. Chiefs and Raiders. Oh. (laughs) Lots. And uh, all eyes. A lot of eyes on that Bills-Eagles game, too. Eagles fresh off their uh, victory over Kansas City last week. Now have the best record in the National Football League at 9-1. And, and, of course, the Bills at 6-5. and five. They ended up beating the Jets on Black Friday. Uh, not Black Friday. Uh, the week before, last Sunday. And they looked better. They looked better. Now, we'll see if they're able to maintain that balance of more running and trying to keep more running with the running backs and with Josh Allen, as they did against the Jets. We'll see if they'll have success doing that against an Eagles team that uh, defensively is right there. And, of course, offensively, obviously more of a threat than what the Jets are as the Jets are struggling. And, of course, tonight it is the Ravens and the Chargers. So those are your scores up to date. And, of course, once all the scores at halftime, we'll come back and talk a little bit more about what's happening and give you an update on those scores. 
Here's my thought process on what's going on locally. And it's, it's different for both teams, right? When you look at the Giants, it's about what is, what's been the game plan for them? What is the game plan? What did they want to do? What was their thought process in rebuilding this franchise to what and the success that it has known before? What, what, when you think of Giants football, okay, historically, but with an, an understanding of how that can adapt to today's game, the Giants have always been a physical, defensive, ground game team. That's what you, you've seen from them, okay? And even with the Eli Manning years where they were able to throw the football and you know have big plays and with tight ends and wide receivers like Amani Toomer and company, they still had a very, very, very potent running game. But it was the defense that really was the signature of those games. And so when you look at the two Super Bowl wins, both over New England, lately, the last two, both over the, over the Patriots, it has been their defense that's put their offense in the best position. And, of course, special teams. And, yes, Eli Manning, great player, deserved the MVPs. I know some Giant fans will tell you, well, you know, if it wasn't for the defense, it wasn't for straight handing that NASCAR package and so on and so forth. And you're absolutely right. They helped. But you got to score. And so Eli was able to score. He was able to make plays. He was able to do things. And he wasn't a runner, but he was able to buy time. He, he was great at play action. His, his, he had really high percentage in his passing. And so when you look at the Giants and you understand what it took for them to win and you adapt it to today, it's obviously what everybody knows. First of all, you got to solidify that offensive line. Secondly, you need balance in your running back. Yes, you have Saquon Barkley, who is outstanding. He's an outstanding running back. Now, much like a lot of people in the National Football League, he's suffered from availability issues. He's been injured. And he's been injured because he's been shouldering a lot of the load offensively for this team. So some depth, a speed back. Uh, somebody that can go on the outside, somebody that can compliment him would be nice for them. We talk, we know about the offensive line. Got to get better at the skill positions. Okay, got to get better. So this is the next thing that has to happen to them. Got to have more depth at wide receiver. Got to have more depth at the tight end spot. This giant team, for them to be successful eventually, and this is not, I can't take credit for this, Jordan, Jordan Runon said this to me in the offseason, <laughs> in training camp, when we were talking about the Giants' schedule. Our Jordan Runon said to me, Larry, when is this Giants team going to be able to not only not beat, not just beat Philadelphia and Dallas, but be competitive against Philadelphia and Dallas? And so when you have that tier, that caliber, and we can talk about the Cowboys and, you know, they're this and they're that. And, you know, they're, they're the big, they're the big tees and they never ever been to the postseason and they haven't won a playoff game in forever and ever and ever. I get it. But if you're the Giants, can you, these are the two guys that are blocking you in your own division. You have to get out of there first. And so what will it take? Who's going to make those decisions? You're hoping 
okay, with your new start, with your new administration in, that this will help get it started. So that's what you need from Gerald Shane. That's why he was hired by Marin Tish to make sure that, hey, this is what we got to do. We need to build our team because we are tired of, of the, of the non-competitiveness and losing records of our season. It's about consistent success. And they're hoping that Shane and Dable will be here for a while because it's easy to say fire the coach. It's easy to say fire the general manager. It is. And in situations, changes need to happen. But you also have to ha have to have some consistency in leadership so that the game plan doesn't change right away. So that the game plan doesn't change right in midstream. So that, okay, well, no, I don't think we should do it this way. Let's go a different direction. Well, now the lack of consistency is hurting you. So this is where the Giants, in a sense, are in a better position than the Jets because they're at the beginning. All right, they're at the beginning of their rebuild. And to be honest, last season kind of threw them for a loop as to where the rebound, where the rebuild really is. Because with the success they had in their opening season, hey, you know what? Maybe this is not as bad as we thought it was. Maybe we can make some adjustments. Maybe there's things we can do and we won't have to go all the way back or start where we thought we had to start. Well, this season is a stark reminder that, you know what, we, we've got to go back to our original plan. <laughs> All right, we got to go back and try to make sure they build it the way we were going to do it. Now, are there some players that we've picked up that, that are in certain positions that help us out, that put us ahead at a certain position? Yeah, I think so. I do. But for the overall spot of the offense, they are still struggling. They are still struggling. We'll continue the conversation on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Bengals with a 7-3 lead over Pittsburgh, who fired their offensive coordinator this week. Hmm. And you know, you figured, you figured it might be a decent... You figure it might be a decent time to do it for the Steelers, who are six and four in the playoff hunt. You're you're facing a Bengals team that's five and five and without Joe Burrow for the rest of the season. So if you're gonna make a move, this is the time to make it. And you know, Steelers defense keeping them in it. But once again, it's just it's it's really and I get that it's not we're not at it's not ground and pound in the National Football League anymore. I understand that. I do. I do. But the fact that the Steelers have not been able to consistently run the football and not just this year for the, for the past couple of seasons, it's just lost to me. I, I, it's, watching the Steelers as long as I have watched the Steelers. In high school, I was a Steelers fan. And they've always been able to run the football. I don't care who it is. They've been able to run the You know, they've been able to run. And they just have not been consistently able to become kind of a one-sided offense and that's part of the reasons why they've struggled as much as they've had. But they still have a chance in this one. They are trailing 7-3 at the half. Titans over the Panthers, 17-3. I mean, C.J. Stroud just continues to, to struggle. He just does. He just, he just continues 
continues to have to have a problem. You know, he is just I'm sorry, Bryce Young. Wrong quarterback. CJ Stroud is rolling in Houston. Bryce Young just continues to struggle. He was eight of sixteen for eighty yards in the first half. I mean, you know, they're not good. <laughs> they just aren't. And yeah, I get he's a young quarterback, rookie quarterback, rookie quarterback struggle. Of course they do. But I mean, the Panthers are just bad. Just bad. They just are. Colts over the Buccaneers 17-10 at the half. And the Texans are trailing the Jaguars by the score of 13-7, also at halftime. And since I mentioned C.J. Stroud, let me give him his props and see what he did for the first half. 12 of 16, 135 yards and a touchdown. So, um, you know, once again, high percentage. Trevor Lawrence also 10 of 16, 219 yards. That's a nice battle of quarterbacks in that one, right? You got... uh, Couple of number ones in that uh, in that in that contest. So that's that's a nice one. That that's a nice little battle. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's get your thoughts. Let's go talk to Mike in Brooklyn. Mike, you're up first on the drive. Hey, how you doing? How are things going? Everything's good, Mike. What's happening? So the Giants are not a bad team. Like I said, we definitely need new players. The coaching staff is perfect. We gotta let that offense develop. You know, at the end of the day, we weren't crying about the defense last year, you know? So, like I said, we're not – we need players, but I think the coaching is fine. I think a lot of that is just frustration from losing, you know? Yep. I think we can we can be something, but we got to get that QB. We got to get the quarterback. No matter what, we need the quarterback and develop somebody. And you know what else, Mike? And thanks for the phone call. You not only need the quarterback, but you need a backup quarterback. Because the chances of your starter being able to play the whole season in the NFL, despite what they're trying to do to all the rules they've made to keep the quarterback protected, it's just it's just just not it's just not working. I mean, you've had what the stat was ten first time quarterbacks, first time starters, young like rookies starting. This season, because of injuries to the number ones, and in some cases, twos. I mean, and this goes back to last season, right? What happened to the Niners? Where all all three of the quarterbacks were out. So this is something that, you know, the NFL's got to look at. And how you look at it as a franchise is very simple. What you do as a franchise is you got to have as as talented a backup quarterback as you can have. And yeah, I get there's there's not a whole lot of them. I understand it, but that's what you have to do. That's how you got to get it done. And Mike, you're right. The Giants are not a bad football team. That's why I said when you look at where both franchises are right now, the Giants are in a better position because of the fact that they've got new people in who understand that they've got to redo this football team. They have to make changes to get them to the next level. The Jets, on the other hand, is a totally different story. The Jets, on the other hand, have a lot, even more questions. Why? Because you've got a head coach that's three years into a five-year deal. You've got a general manager that's five years into a six-year deal. 
You've got a defense that's that's consistent. Okay? Not 85 Bears. Not 2001, 2000, 2001 Ravens. But a very good defense. That will grow to get better. But on the offensive side, you've made some decisions. You've made some decisions because you bought in to what Aaron Rodgers wanted. And in doing that, you've compromised a number of things. You brought in a wide receiver. You brought in two wide receivers. One which is really a good locker room guy who doesn't get separation anymore. The other one is was you were hoping would be your number two receiver, but has had issues in catching the football. And just for my semi-pro eye, not semi-pro broadcaster, not semi-pro football coach. <laughs> it's not whenever you see him, there's no separation with him with Lazard and, and the defender. There's no separation. So there's there's that, but the concentration of trying to hold on to the football has not been there consistently for him. It just happens. That's why he was a healthy scratch on Friday. So you're not getting your receivers are not what you want them to be other than Gary Wilson. Who's got double, sometimes triple coverage around him. The tight ends have not been, because they've been blockers as as much as pass catchers, you haven't gotten a lot of, you know, other than Conklin, you haven't gotten a lot of production from your tight end spot. The offensive line, I mean, we could do and have done shows on the offensive line. I mean, they've they've picked and drafted and signed and traded for Lineman after lineman after lineman. Either they're not good or they are not available because of injury. And that's been the situation. They've been very unlucky at the line at the offensive line position. But you're a franchise that's trying to win in the next year or two because of your quarterback. And now in this scenario, because of your quarterback who's coming back next season. And if indeed he is supposed to, you have the success that you expect from him because he is back. How do you get, how do you draft a young quarterback that's going to, going to follow him and he turns the keys over to them to run your franchise? So potentially you could be in the same situation that you are in now. (laughs) And Ty Butler's just run off the road as a Jet fan. Because this could be your future right here again. You could have that one really good season that everything comes together. Okay, the offense comes together and puts points on the board, which makes your defense now that much better because people are passing, trying to get back into the game. And so now you can just, it's it's not a matter of, well, what are they going to do? You dictate what they do. And so now your defense is even better 
And then everything gets to the point, everything, you have the success, you get the offense, you get the wins, you get to the postseason just the way you want to be, just the way you've been asking for, just the way you've been talking about when Rex's teams went to -to back-to-back AFC championship games. What seems longer and longer and further and further away. And then, be it a year, two years, Rogers says, you know what, I'm done. Now what? That's why for me, and clearly, offensive line is the priority for this Jet team. There is no question. Offensive line is the priority for this Jet team. If things continue to go the way they are, and Boyle does not find a way to get the Jets into the end zone, and they move to Trevor Simeon, and I know Rich Simeon was on with the game day crew this morning and talked about that possibility, and he comes in, and the offense still, maybe it sputters or shows signs of life, but you still lose games. You have to consider taking a quarterback in this draft. I mean, there's no question. You have to consider it. And I know I've heard people say, well, they're not thinking about what? With Aaron Rodgers here, they're not thinking about taking a quarterback in the draft. They should. They need an upgrade at the backup quarterback, and they need to draft a quarterback for the future. And if things continue the way they are, just at four wins. Okay, four. If things can, and they have winnable games coming up. They have the, the Sunday they play Atlanta. You confident they'll be able to score? Atlanta's got 14 points right now at halftime. Okay, start of the third. You confident the Jets can have 16, 17 points to beat them? Even if the defense holds them to 14? Are you? You had a defense that intercepted the pass and ran it for a pick six. And then on the next play, intercepted another pass. And the Jets ended up on the, on the I'm not going to do it to you. But anyway, let's just say, and it didn't help them. I can't read it. It was torture for Jet fans. Thanksgiving Day, Thanksgiving weekend is just torture. Something always happens that's memorable. So even when the defense does what it can and scored for you, you still didn't put enough points up on the board. If that continues, you don't think that there's a possibility that you should consider drafting a quarterback and try something different this time? Not put him in right away? Let him learn? Let him sit behind a veteran or two? Because this starting them right away has not worked. Starting them right away hasn't worked. Didn't work for Gino. Didn't work for Darnold. And it has not worked for Wilson. So maybe let's try sending them back. Let's try drafting them and watching them and let's see what happens to them. Let's try that for a change. Conversation continues on The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. 
getting your thoughts on the local football teams. Why are we in this position again? And how do we change it? See, I know why we're in this position again. I want to find out from you how we change it. And of course, the first thing you're going to say to me, as New England has tied the game with the Giants, a little over eight minutes to go in, in the third. I know what you're going to say to me. It's very simple. You're going to say make changes. And see, as I was talking about the Jets before we went to break, what do you do? Now, I know more and more of you are saying, uh, I'm done with Robert Sally. He's got to go. Got to go. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that some of the issues are not his fault because they are some of the issues of uh, how he deals with um, the amount of penalties that are on this team, how that's, how that's being handled. It's, it's, it's still a problem. Okay. It's still an issue. And uh, is it better to, Ream the players out, as we have seen Brian Dable do on more than one occasion. I know on the Michael K show, Robert Sala has indicated that's not what he does. That's not his style. That he addresses it behind the scenes. And I respect that. And there's a lot of times that coaches handle stuff behind the scenes. And, you know, fans are just like, well, we don't see him throwing clipboards if it's the NBA. Or we don't see the manager pulling a guy out of a game or we don't see, uh, you know, coaches on the sidelines just doing, you know, just going crazy. Everybody doesn't operate the same way. And so you would think that enough conversations have been had about it. I mean, I'm sure I'm not there, but I am sure that in watching video, there's comments about self-inflicted wounds, shooting yourself in the foot, bad penalties, whatever you want to call them. I'm sure they're addressing it in practice. I'm sure they're addressing it in meeting rooms. I'm sure the position coaches are addressing it. So now, and look, sometimes players make mistakes. But when it constantly happens then, you know, you got to look and see, okay, what's going on? And then that speaks to the discipline or lack of discipline of your team. Because even, even as bad as New England is this year, as bad as they are at 2-10, and 10, bad as they are, in the first half, what did they have? Four punts, two interceptions. As bad as they are, okay, penalties, this team doesn't hurt, doesn't beat themselves. Now, they've got issues with Mac Jones. That's a separate thing. But we're talking about holding penalties. We're talking about offsides penalties. We're talking about uh, late hit penalties. Those are the things we're talking about. And what's, what is amazing to me is that it transcends administrations. Whoever the coach has been, has been like that. 
Now, it was a little better under the Mangini era, but it's not like it's just been one coach. There's been a number of coaches that have had that issue. Okay? A number of them. Rex, even when they went to back-to-back championships, the, the, the unforced errors became an issue. But for the Jets, it's it's a matter of whatever they're doing draft-wise. Okay? As far as the offensive linemen are concerned, whatever it is, they have, for the most part, picked the wrong guys. Now, Elisha Vera Tucker is clearly their, their best lineman. His issue is health. His issue is not performance. He says he was not being able to stay on the field. For As far as Makai Becton was concerned, it was, as it turns out, as it turns out, it was picking the wrong person. Okay? And we're not even talking about from a, I mean, in theory, as big as you want, it should work. Okay, in theory, you look at the size of him, you look at him, it should, it should be no problem. Panthers have just scored. Chuba Hubbard found the end zone. They've cut it to 17-9 extra point pending. Also in the third, a little over, a little under 10 minutes. Now we see uh, Houston is moving, and they are about to hit their first and goal. They trail Jacksonville 13-7. So you see what the situation is with him. With Becton, it's it should work. He's huge, moving them, you know, run behind him. Okay, but the question now is once again availability. And you look at his footwork; it's really good pass wise. I mean, really good run blocking. Pass blocking is another issue. And so the evaluation process is what the other things you're looking at. The evaluation process of looking at Zach Wilson and say, oh my God, look at those throws. Look at those from one side of the field. Look at it. Look at the arm strength. Look at the arm talent. But what did your game tape tell you? What did the game video tell you? These are the things why the teams find themselves locally in the situation they're in again. What of your calls next on 987 ESPN? 